TikTok everything Aleti. So joining me on this special episode to talk about Aleti's transfer window is Emiliano. Emiliano, how are you doing? Fine, you? Well, I'm doing great, I think. I think I'm almost or maybe as happy as Morata who just scored a hatchet today. So, so at the start of the season, Cholo gave him that he has to score 18, I think, league goals for Aleti and he has already scored that's four goals in the league, so he is not far away off. And scoring a hat-trick to David Spain makes him to be five goals short of reaching Fernando Torres, who is an, an elite legend that's five goals off entering the top three of Spanish all-time score. What's your opinion? Yeah, I think that it's positive that during uh, international breaks, he, in, in, during international break, he continues with the form he reached in the start of the season in which, well, he scored Three goals, as he scored an important goal against Granada to to set the difference, and then uh, he against Rayo he entered very well to like kill the game with his goals to make a difference that was impossible to recover for Rayo. So, well, he has started very well, and it's going to be very important uh, for the team to have aspirations to fight for trophies that he scores a fair amount of goals. I don't know if the if he will score the 18 goals uh, Simeone said that as an, as an objective for him, but I think that obviously the more he scores the closer we will be to competing for trophies, that's for sure. And Without the arrival of a nine and Memphis that has been suffering a lot of uh, a lot of injuries, he becomes even more key to the squad that were, than what he was. Um. Well, Amy, thanks for the correction. He has got three goals and not four. And like you rightly point out, um, I think we have discussed this before, and you told me it's difficult for Aliti to fight with a league with a striker like Morata because you're talking about a striker like Morata. It's a striker who can get you double figures of goals, but he's not a fifteen plus league. Goes a season striker, which is kind of an issue for Aliti because you can all recall the seasons which Aliti have taken a league. Aliti have had a striker who has scored 15 plus goals. Season. We can all recall what um, Luis Suarez, who came from Basati for Aliti, that's two seasons ago. And in the 2014 season, Aliti had, um, excuse me, Diego Costa leading the line. So Morata scoring these goals is kind of positive. And like you said, if he can just continue with this form, that was really great for Aliti. Will he score 18 goals? That's left to be seen. And with Memphis, is someone who I think can score those 15 plus goals. But the issue for Memphis is will he be available? Lucky for Aleti. Memphis is out with an injury and he's also doing international break. So there are chances of him not missing so many games. And Amy, you just touched on the point. Um, the ninth position is a place which Gil Marin talked about. He talked about Aleti reinforcing two positions, which is basically bringing a striker and also a holding me feeder, but he mentioned that um, Aleti can't bring in those two players without departures, but we are seeing departures and yet Aleti haven't brought in a nine or a holding me feeder. Talking about the departures, um, and, um, you have Carrasco left after the deadline day, which we are going to touch on that. We have Lodi who left for Marseille for 13 million euro. You have Condombia, you have Cameo who left for Rayo, you have Manu Sanchez, who was included in the, the permanent deal. You have Samuel Morodion, the guy who scored on the first day against Aliti. He came in for 5 million and he has left on loan. 
And as you have Santiago Mourinho, the Uruguayan centre-back who is rock-solid, he had to go on loan to Agosta Sally for him. He has not been having minutes. And then you have Kagler Sonchu who came on the free. We all knew that, given he was he signed an agreement with Aleti in January. And then you have Caesars Plequeta, who left Chelsea and came to Aleti on the free. So this is basically Aleti's um, transfer deal. So we are going to dive right into it to analyse this transfer deal. Um, we are going to start with the fact that, despite all of the what we have mentioned, Aleti has not signed a five and a nine. And we are going to talk about that. Um, Amy, how do you analyze this transfer window for Maliti? I think that it was very underwhelming because I think we all expected to bring a defensive midfielder so that we have, especially after Kondogbia's departure, that even though he was my best, uh, my favorite player, I think that at least he was a player that could offer something different to what the likes of Barrios, that is now being used as a defensive midfielder, a position he hasn't played at in quite a while. I think he only played it a few times during his academy spell. And then to Koki as well, like he offered a more physical profile and a player that can hold at least more the midfield defensive-wise. And I think we all expected a player to come to offer us that that is something different different and something that is crucial in order to compete for trophies and i think especially to compete in europe where we have been physically underperforming i think in europe and then that has been one of the main issues for us in the last champions league uh, editions in which we haven't performed as well as expected and then well as you well said uh, for Atleti to compete for trophies, it has always been important to have a nine that scores over 20 goals. Simeone has said it multiple times as well, and when he has had a nine that can score over 20 goals, he has always competed for trophies, and that nine hasn't arrived either. either. So I think the two key positions were reinforced. Then we, yes, gain some depth in the defense with the signings of Sujunchu, Aspilicueta and Galan, then I think it, it is positive uh, that uh, Rorro and Lino came back from loan. Initially, it was with the idea of having some fresh blood to compete with Carrasco. Now they are going to have the responsibility, the tough responsibility of replacing a player like Carrasco that was absolutely crucial for the system. And I think that it is uh gonna be difficult for them to to take that that responsibility mainly because they are players with very different characteristics and i think that the characteristics the characteristics of carrasco were crucial for the system to work properly so i would it wouldn't even surprise me if at some point we move back to the 442 because of carrasco's departure which uh, as i said was very important in order for the system to work because he was a player capable of taking the height of a winger in the first phase of build-up when we usually move to a back of four with Hermoso occupying the left back and Carrasco taking that winger height. I think that, for example, Galan isn't capable of doing that. Lino and Rorro probably yes, but then Carrasco also gave you uh, that one-on-one -on -one 
dribbling and that depth to arrive to the end of the pitch that I think Rafa and Lino don't have because they aren't such good dribblers. They are players that offer something else. Maybe they have a better link-up play. Uh, they move better off the ball and they like to step more into more centralized positions. Like whenever they have the ball, they already start to look to cut in and look for the shot or look for a deep pass. They have also that capacity that Carrasco maybe didn't have so much. But as I say, they give other things that can be very beneficial for the squad, but they don't give you what Carrasco gave you that was important for the team to have with. Uh, that is crucial, a crucial thing for, for this kind of system with wing-backs and three centre-backs. Um, like you rightly mentioned, um, Samuel Lino and um, Rodrigo Rukelme were out on loan and did very well for their respective clubs, despite the fact that they played different positions and roles as compared to the player they they came to compete with who is no longer in the club. But um, it's quite interesting because uh, you talked on the fact that the defence has been reinforced, which is great, but there's not a lot of optimism for that. And you mentioned a very important point, which is the fact that Aleti has struggled for in Europe this season, in, sorry, in recent seasons, which is something we I talked on the last pod with uh, our previous girls, guest, Kelvin. And um, it is true, I think, if many don't want to admit it, it is true that it, it is somehow easier for Aleti to keep on finishing the, the top four. But now in Europe, the club should have reinforced the team, preparing not just for the league, but also for Europe, because that's where we have had a problem, because we can't compete. And like you said, losing Condombia and not bringing in someone is not really ideal, because he brings something else to the plate. Play, to, he brings something else to the table that um, Barrios and um, Koke don't offer. And you can all remember some of his very good performances, like the beginning of the season against Celta, against Manchester United in the Champions League. So not having that is not kind of ideal for the team. Um, you have emphasized on Carrasco and what he brings to the team, and that is very true. But now I think um, Aleti can replace Caras what Carrasco brings to the team with Xavi Galan because he is one of the top dribblers in La Liga in the past seasons. But the issue now is that, according to reports, it seems Cholo doesn't trust Galan a lot. But Galan hasn't won over Cholo in training. But we, I am sorry, the, some of the videos released by Muno Deportivo this um, week showed um, some improvements for Galan as Cholo kind of heals some of his performances in training. So that's a little bit of optimism. But we are not sure of how things will look like when the season starts. And Amy, um, what do you think really? Is the impact, or for example, Aleti does have not brought in a striker, but like we just talked about Morata, he's scoring goals, and who knows, he may have had maybe his best career season so far in terms of goal scored, and that takes Aleti to the title. But without a recognized nine or a nine who can guarantee you those 15 plus goals, and someone who can kind of do the off the ball work, in which we saw Rodri and Pate do, we saw Gabi do, but we don't actually have that at the moment because it's true that we have Cookie and we have Byros, but we all know those guys are not... They don't offer that rock solid, that guy who can really put, give that protection for the back four. So how do you think Aleti not signing a five and a nine, a striker and a holding defend, defensive midfield that kind of affects Aleti's season going forward? Well, uh, first I would, ha I would like to point out what you said about Galan. It's true that he's a good uh, dribbler, but he's not a winger. So... 
we would have to change the way in which we, we build up in the first phase because what we did before was play Hermoso as a left back with Molina as a right back in a back four and, and Carrasco playing pretty much as a winger in the first phase of possession, which Galan, I don't know if he's capable of doing that. I think likely not because he has never in his career uh, had that as a starting point to receive the ball. He always played as a wing back, uh, more in a role of a fullback uh, at Huesca, and afterwards at Celta he performed as a fullback in a back four. And then what you asked me about the nine, well, I think the the impact is the one I tell you. In order to compete for trophies, you need someone that guarantees you goals, because goals give you wins, wins gives you points. And in order to compete with Barça and Real Madrid. We are going to have to have a very good season in terms of points. I would say that close to 90 or over 90 in order to be able to win the league. Even more when the level of the league uh, isn't suggesting the best. And we are already seeing that Barça Madrid, even without playing well, they are winning games. So I think they are going to keep on winning and they are going to get a lot of points. And we, have, we are going to have to keep up with that pace in order to be able to compete. And for that, you need players that even when things aren't going so well, they can score a goal out of nowhere, like it was, or make the most out of the very few chances they might have in certain games. But that was what the likes of Costa, Falcao, uh, Suarez, among others, gave you. Right now, you don't have that profile of player in the squad. You have a player like Griezmann that uh, I think that over the years he has uh, evolved more as a playmaker and uh, reduced the amount of goals he scores before he was a player that would score with his more than 20 goals in the league and over 30 goals in a season. I don't know if right now in this moment of his career he's capable of that. I think that he adds you many more things that can even be more, more important for the team but I don't see him scoring over 20 goals in a season. Then with Morat and Memphis, I don't see any of the two capable of that. Memphis especially because of the injuries, but even healthy, I have my doubts. He's capable of doing that. And Morata, I think the only time that he got close to those numbers was the season 17, in which Madrid won the league with him as a super sub that he would score a lot of goals coming off the bench. Other than that, I don't remember a season of Morat in which he was close to those numbers either. So uh, either Morat or Memphis perform above what we expect, or there are going to have to be other players that come up to compensate for that uh, goal draft you will have compared to having a top striker. Like we will need more from Saul, more goals from Saul, more goals from Molina, more goals maybe from a center back uh, that can score in set pieces, uh, more goals from Llorente, from De Paul, so from midfielders and defenders to compensate that that situation. Also, I think that uh, when talking about goals, I think that. In the change from Carrasco to Lino and Rorro, you are probably going to lose a couple goals as well because Carrasco is a player that usually scores at least seven, eight goals in the league. 
And as of now, uh, I think that Lino and Rorro haven't reached those numbers either. Uh, I think Lino did it in Portugal, but it's that he scored around 10 or so, I think. But that's a different level of league. When he was in the league last season, he he struggled with the end product. He missed a fair amount of goals. And I think Rorro has never been a prolific goal scorer either. Not even when he was in the academy, he has usually scored more than five or six goals per season. So we will need maybe for them to step uh, to step up and cover those Carrasco numbers either. And then we will have to be solid defensively to make the most out of each goal we score. Because if we score and then concede two, to put an example, that was a situation that happened a lot last season before the World Cup or the season before, uh, then you aren't going to be competitive either. So you need to be solid defensively that I think that uh, the signings are going to help us with that because uh, we have more competition. So that's going to force the players to perform better to keep their place and then we also have better replacements for when the inevitable happens that is what we all know that happens every single season that is that Savic and Carrasco the, uh, sorry not Carrasco Savic and Jimenez eventually get injured Jimenez is now injured Savic is healthy but we know that they miss about half of the games each season each so we have to be prepared for that and I think that for that uh, Having brought a speedy acquaintance to Junko is going to be very helpful. And then about the DM, uh, to make it simple, I think that, as you said, all, although Kondogia wasn't the, the player I, I liked the most, as uh, I have criticized him multiple times, he's, he doesn't at all I, all I would like in a defensive midfielder, but he offered you a different profile to what you have. And that profile hasn't been covered. And was something that even Simeon insisted with during press conferences during preseason and the first game of the season that he needed a defensive midfielder and the club hasn't been able to bring him what he needed to compete better. Well, um, Amy, I think um, you kind of have you kind of him uh, hit the bullseye with um, um, the Galani show and maybe Cholo not being sure that he will be okay in receiving the ball right up the pitch in the first phase of build up might be an issue for him and maybe he has to mold him into that type of player. We never know. Um, and, um, talking about um, the defense, like you said, um, that's the area which has been, the transfers have been kind of boosted because um, you have uh, Aspel Equator who is versatile. You also have Suen Chu who has been rock solid in what he has played and which has also had a decent start to the season. So, like you said, we have covered up for those injuries we usually have because I think there was a time last season when even Cholo himself said that uh, when those two are fit or those two are together, Aleti are kind of rock solid. And that was a season, I think, two seasons ago. And there was even a start um, by Atletico stats, which talked about the fact that when those two have played together, Aleti's win percentage is obviously higher. When they are not together, they are low. So the issue with Aleti is that I think they have a decent squad, but now the issue is that you have a lot of injury-prone players. Like, we all know within the season, Koke is going to have an injury. And luckily for us... It came at the start of the season and that of Jimenez, same as for Savish. We hope he doesn't have bad wounds. And now that for Memphis, we have already seen that's the issue. Related. The fitness level of the squad is kind of not guaranteed. And with depth, the quality of the depth in key areas, not the best in terms of goals like in attack. So there's a lot of question marks, like you said. And one of the one of the reasons I was so, so happy with 
Molina scoring against Rayo is because I was happy because we need those goals from all over the pitch. And I'm happy Sawu is coming back to his best because we need those runs into the box. I think Cholo has demanded a lot from Lima in terms of goals and assists, but Lima has not been given that despite the fact that his performances have been good. And that's another player for another player with which he's decent and key for the squad, but fitness level also. So overall, the transfer has not been the best, but I would say it's been decent. I can give, I will not say even decent, let's say, I don't want to say poor, but a 4 on 10 because you have a squad which is there. If everyone is fit, then yes, Aleti can. But now the issue is, uh, is everyone going to be fit? You have Lema, Koke, Savi, Savi, so many injury-prone players. So how you rate this on 10? Because I've given a 4 on 10. What's going to be a written on 10 for this transfer window? Uh, I think that a 4 out of 10. Like, I think there are some positives, like we improved the defensive depth. Mm. But the crucial pieces weren't brought that were a defensive midfielder and a nine. Those two were crucial. And afterwards, uh, I would also say that we have to take into consideration that on the papers, you haven't brought a single player that is for sure a starter. Like I think Sujuntu and Aspiricueta might earn that that place later on the season, but uh, they are players to compete to be starters, but not for sure going to be starters. And you lost a starter which wasn't replaced because Carrasco for Simeone is a crucial was a crucial player that when fit always started and you have lost him and you haven't brought anyone else and you haven't brought players to start. So uh, when you put everything into consideration, you lost a starter and you haven't brought any player that is a starter and you haven't reinforced crucial positions. So I think that overall the the summer window was bad, so I can give it more than a four out of ten. Well, um, Amy, for me, in my um, for me, I've been very happy with the signing of um, Soyuncu. I think I would say he's the best signing Alexi has made this season. It's true that his fitness levels were in doubt, given he came from a very long time out without playing, and he ended the season quite well with Leicester. But judging from preseason and the games in which he has featured, he kind of offers. What I, I think Aliti needs, you have that guy who is rock solid at the back, defense on the front foot, aggressive, and on the ball is very, very good. So, Soyuncu is my best signing of the summer, even though I've grown to like the signing of Aspilicueta, given his versatility, his leadership, and how he has been off the pitch. So, the next question is, among the signings Aliti have brought, uh, is your best sign? Uh, I, I think it's obviously between Suyuncu and Aspilicueta, as you said, what Suyuncu adds you is that he's a very aggressive centre-back that might be important in order to cover for not having a very physical defensive midfielder. So when we have to, when we are uh, taken in the counter, you know that uh, when we get counter-attack, uh, Barrios or Coque are in place, uh, players that are going to uh, return fast and power space, so you need aggressive centre backs to compensate for that. And I think that Suzunchu, in that sense, is an important addition. And then with Aspilicueta, I think he brings you experience. He's a player that is used to winning. 
that is always important to have in the squad that makes a difference because he's a player that has been in every situation so he knows what it means to be in the pressure of playing a final or playing a defining game um, he's a leader he's also a very smart and competitive player and he adds that of being also a very good player on the ball which uh, is important for what uh, Simeone has been trying to do ever since the World Cup that is building up from the back we already had Hermoso capable of doing that and now we had another player also a player with great capacities on the ball to keep on adding to that idea of playing from the back Ah, okay um, do you think the squad is much weaker than what was there last season or the squad is the same or it has gotten a little bit better given that they are fresh legs and there are reinforcements in key areas like the defense which a little struggled in the last two seasons i think that this squad is similar to last season maybe slightly better because as we said before when savic or jimenez or both were injured we were screwed i remember for example two seasons ago when hermoso and felipe had to play a lot of games together it was an absolute disaster now you have more guarantees in the bench uh, defensively then we brought up some uh, fresh blood from loans that are players that want to prove themselves like lino and rorro that i think that's also always important for a squad so there needs to be that competitiveness and that kind of player that needs to prove themselves so that the the squad doesn't relax that they all feel the need to prove themselves and to be competitive and to fight for their place that's important in order to to perform properly and well then uh, what we said we didn't reinforce the position so i think that the squad is similar or maybe slightly better but there needed to be a better upgrade let's say that like there there should have been more reinforcements to raise the level of the squad considerably especially considering the last two seasons have been underwhelming before the world cup the team was a disaster and the season before the team other than in the champions league where uh, they won against united and afterwards they did a very good uh, a very good job against city although they didn't win i think that season was very underwhelming like in the cup and in the league we weren't ever even close to competing and last season because of what we did before the world cup we is very far in the league i think we did a, a good job at the copa del rey in which we deserve to go farther and uh, the ref decisions uh, screwed us against real madrid and then the champions league was the worst season of all the senior era so considering the last uh, failures i think that we needed more than what we got from this window uh, okay fair enough and hopefully uh... The squad, despite being as similar as you said to last season, can actually make progress because I kind of agree with you on that. Despite the incomings and outgoings, there have not been much change and there are some positive with what has happened to the squad and that's in terms of um, 
reinforcing the defense, like I mentioned, and also talking about reducing the weight of the squad, which we are going to mention later on in the show. So, um, like we have talked about, we have talked about um, these transfers, those who have come in, those who have gone out. We have talked about um, some of the players, about their roles they are going to have given the incomings and outgoings and what they can bring to the table. And then um, we have also talked about the strengths and weaknesses of the squad, where the squad is good and where it's actually weak, and hopefully maybe that can be reinforced in January. So, um, Amy, um, the next question I think is a question which I think so many Alice fans are also puzzled about. Because it's kind of funny because we cannot, many fans, including myself, we cannot wrap our head around this because I believe um, Andre Bata was basically, let's not say the first, but one of the first sporting directors to kind of bring Lautaro onto the scene to, to European audience. And it's like Aleti had everything done and dusted, but then there was no sign. It was same with Bruno Guimarães, and we saw Lodi posting and the rest, but we don't understand what happened in the end. So I think the question is, um, let me stop this around the bush, is how do transfer and signings or how do contract situation and everything work around at Aleti? Because it's really puzzling that some of the deals Aleti has done in the past in terms of contract renewals and also incomings and also outgoings and also signing young players. So the question is how do transfers work at Aleti? Well, how transfers work, there isn't uh, much information and I don't think the club works in transfers well, the way most clubs work because I think that in, at most clubs, they give a lot more power to the side, to the sports director, like in the case of Atleti would be Berta, Andrea Berta. But I think that this doesn't happen so much at Atleti. I think that Berta is more of an advisor and then the decisions are all taken by Gilmarin, that is the CEO. So, for example, in the case of players like Lautaro or Bruno Guimaraes, for example, Lautaro was very close to arriving. We haven't even seen pics of him holding an electric contract. But then there were problems to close the, the payment plan with Racing. And then Inter stepped up and did everything a lot faster. With Bruno Guimaraes, we had a we had a purchase option. I think that it was of twenty five million, and we didn't execute it. And then the owner arrived and made the thing possible, even though the player himself said he wanted to arrive. So at the end of the day, Verta uh, can do his job. Worse or better, in this case, I think that to get Bruno Guimaraes and to get Lautaro were the right calls. There he did a good job, but it it depends all on on Hill negotiating and Hill deciding what he considers better. For example, if he didn't want to uh, agree to what Racing wanted in terms of payment plan, or if he afterwards doesn't want to pay twenty five million for Bruno Guimaraes. There isn't much uh, Berta or anyone of the scouting department or whatever anyone can do. It it comes all out up to what Hill does. And then with renewals, it's the same. Uh, Hill decides uh, everything. We have seen, for example, the situation of Carrasco. That Carrasco, after winning the league, got promised a, a pay rise. And afterwards, when the offer arrived, uh, 
the offer was a lot less than expected. And this ended up in the situation in which the player didn't want to extend and we arrived to his last year of contract. And in a sort of way, will be said, forced to selling him for less than what he's worth, probably because I think he's worth more than 50 million. And once the window has been closed as well. And that's the situation at the club. Uh, Hilmarin decides, good or bad, uh, you can agree or disagree. My opinion, he doesn't do the things right. And in last years, we have also seen how he seems to not care much about improving, but rather more holding the position, which allows him to qualify to Champions League in each season and uh, getting that TV money from Champions League and from finishing in the top four. So I don't think there is any sort of ambition from himself to go beyond that. I don't think that in his eyes it's important to build a squad to win trophies. In his eyes, it's about building the cheapest the squad possible in order to the objectives they have budget every season that are reaching the round of 16 of the Champions League and making it to the top four of La Liga, which each season seems to be easier because the competition gets weaker. Like we have seen, Betis just sold their starting center back with the window closed. They sold Canales. Villarreal sold three key pieces and didn't replace them or replace them with worse players. La Real lost uh, David Silva. Uh, Sevilla each each season seems to get weaker. Now they are having to receive uh, washed Sergio Ramos as the Messiah because they don't even have center backs because they had they have been playing over half of a season with Odell that wasn't even a center back. So that explains a lot the situation in Spanish football and how by saying that they don't feel any pressure to improve rather than to keep uh, things as they are. And with that, it's more than enough to reach the objectives they settle them to themselves every season. Well, um, like you rightly said, um, it seems um, Aleti is not like other clubs, and which comes as a surprise to many because you, we are used to, especially in the modern day football, the sporting director kind of having a lot of influence and power on transfers. But it seems like Bata does his job, but the final decision is left up to the board and gives his, Gil Marin is the one to give the final say. And so far, so good. He's not been, um, we can all say, giving a good, doing a good job because uh, it's like, like you mentioned for the fact that Alexis' competition for European places keep, has gotten weaker. I think it's um, the same thing with, uh, with the Alexis because uh, like Miguel Quintana he said on Radio Marca, Alexis gives Cholo the least, so Alexis gives Cholo the minimum unless for the salary which they are paying. So it's like, like each season player is sold and a, let me say, a player of not that same quality is brought in, which has been the case. For example, the replacement of Carrasco, you have um, Lino and Rodrigo Riquelme. It's true that Carrasco can be inconsistent at times, but those players are moving up to the level of Carrasco, which says a lot about a team with aspirations from the fans. And like you said, the owner, in the owner's eyes, making the Champions League as fast as they can in the Champions League and also as fast as they can in the Copa de Race, okay for him, which 
for the fans, it doesn't speak a lot because it's true Aliti are far from the tough two. But they are better than the rest. And Aliti can each season push Barcelona to the limit, push Real Madrid to the limit. Just like Cholo said, it's true that we have Barca and Real Madrid in the those are two superpowers, but we are always there to pounce when they slip up. But in recent seasons, it's not been the case. And it's not down to Cholo, but also down to the squad in which he has been given. And um, talking about the renewals, um, you kind of have a situation where Aleti signed players and given that they are not signing very, very good players, but they are signing players on cheap, their salaries are not that high. And then you mentioned the case of Carrasco. When it's time to renew, the players expect large salaries and the players kind of uh, uses it to their advantage to kind of their player that deserve this. So either this or given that my release cost is low, what happens? I can have an escape route and a bigger club can pay for me like we saw against Carrasco. Not saying Carrasco treating the club, but it's a similar situation because we know, despite the fact that we all love football and these players are playing football, which can be their passion, it's a profession. That means the pay counts because like you said, Carrasco was promised something and then what he came is what the club could not offer, afford, sorry. And then another club comes from somewhere we can afford that amount and what happens? Carrasco is off. So I think it's the case, not just with Carrasco, but with so many key players. I will not be surprised if maybe that happens to Depot next season and you have the club trying to renew and another bigger offer comes and what happens? Maybe from the Premier League and then we have Depot off. So I think Aleti kind of has to sort a lot of things because transfer-wise, they are not doing a great job. I think since the 2017 season, they have been a mess because majority of the players who have come in are not actually top class player even not to go of all class and what has happened but you have a player with very very high contracts it's true that we have had kind of ups and downs but i think the structuring of the team has been the issue since 2018 i think this may be the first transfer window in a while where alicia has kind of bought players that suit a particular system which we had in play which was the three at the back and because you have the likes of so you choose as equator they can play a wide wide center back or they can for example so you can play centrally Galang can play as a wing-back and as also left-back. But like you said, he will need to adapt to what Alexi requires from their left wing-back. So it's been an issue structuring the squad. And it's as if this window is basically the first in which they have to even try to adjust things. And transfer-wise, it's really a mess at Alexi. And it's like, no one knows what is going on behind the scene. It's like, oh, we need this player. And Alexi kind of look for the cheapest option because you had... Cholo crying for a five at the start of the window. And you have even Gil talking about the fact that with departures, a five is going to come. But at the end of the season, on even the deadline day, you have rumors saying Aleti gave a very cheap option and Tottenham had to refuse. So it kind of begs the question, what is going on Aleti? I don't know what happens, but it seems Cholo is paid a very huge salary, which he deserves for what he has done Aleti. But it's as if each season, the, the board kind of asks for some they kind of ask for more for him. It's like I ask more for you, but I give you less tools to work with, which is not really, really ideal because the fans are really getting to a point where they expect more. Actually, himself said it well. It's true. This club has reached at a level where the fans can dream of winning the league each season, but not actually a reality because you have Barca and Real Madrid with their funds and the type of players they bought, they can bring in and attract. But this is where the level of the club is at. But what happens? I can basically, Cholo cannot keep on as doing that because it's like, for example, you are giving a builder to build a house and you are giving him the worst grade of cement available in the market and you are 
expecting him to be the solid house, which is never going to collapse. That's the case with Aliti at the moment. So hopefully things kind of change and we can go to the next level. So, Amy, the next question we are going to Aliti's finances is because each summer is like a song now, Aliti. If a player wants to come in, another needs to leave. The salary cap is so high and you are begging the question, where is the Aliti makes a lot of revenue given the standard Aliti had it's true, COVID came and affected things financially, not just for a little bit, for a lot of clubs, but it's kind of difficult given even pre-COVID, that was the anthem. We need to let players go and we need to let them, we need to let players go before we can let others come. And like I just said, one of the reasons for this is for the fact that they kind of give players high contracts, which I think they don't deserve at certain areas because they want to hold on to those players at that moment that they have given them low contracts and the players are like just need to leave. So Amy, What's the financial situation of Aliti at the moment? Because we don't know what to believe anymore because Gil says something, the reports are showing one thing, another thing. Well, uh, first of all, yes, I agree that some players make more than what they deserve. And that happens at every club in the world. Like you see, for example, at Real Madrid, for how many seasons, Bale or Hazard were being the best paid players at the squad when they were performing, performing in accordance to that. Or, for example, at Barca, for how many years Umtiti was the best paid defender, for how many years uh, Sergio Roberto was one of the best players, paid Spanish players in the world. Uh, so that happens at every club, and I think that that happens at Atleti as well. But when you check the, the numbers, when you look, for example, at the Deloitte Football Money League, that is a report they gather annually uh, all the information uh, of their revenue and expenditure, top 20 clubs in, in revenue in Europe. You see, for example, that Aleti is exp in the 21-22 season, that is the ones, the last they have published, they were spending 65% of the ordinary revenues. Ordinary revenues would be the TV money plus the commercial revenues, that would be the sponsors plus match day revenue, which gave a figure close, close to 40, 400, uh, 400 million euros. And Aleti was spending in salaries 65% of that. On top of that, there are player sales, which Aleti has made a lot of in the last seasons. There have also been departures. Uh, of players with important salaries, like the case of Suarez, now like the case of Carrasco, there have been players with important salaries taking pay cuts, like Trisman, like Morata this summer, like um, Lemar last summer. So they have reduced weight, they have increased revenues because, for example, since the 21 22 season, they have signed. First with Whalefin that paid twice more than plus 500. And now with Riyadh that is paying a similar amount to what Whalefin was paying. And uh, as I said, that 65% that they are uh, that they were spending in salaries that now is probably even less because they have reduced uh, the wage bill uh, by uh, making uh, some players leave and others take pay cuts. That 65% is in accordance to what is normal in the football industry. 
like it enters in what uh, UEFA recommends. And when you see most of these clubs in the top 20 are spending the same percentage of the revenue in salaries, if not more. Like, for example, in that same season, Barça and Real Madrid were spending about 72, 73% of the revenue in salaries. And they are in clubs uh, that have changed so much their revenue structure or that have made that many uh, sales in comparison to the players they have come in. In an athlete, uh, athlete, it has been the opposite. We have sold more than what we have brought, so the net spending in transfer window has been negative. We have reduced the wage bill. We have uh, signed a new agreement of the sponsorship that was a lot more meaningful uh, for the club in terms of money. And the situation doesn't seem to change. So I don't think that the problem is a matter that we were, sp we were spending too much in salaries. We're aware spending what is normal in salaries. We've increased the revenues and we sold players and we reduced the wage bill. The thing is that uh, we all know, because Gilmarin has said it himself, that the idea of the club is to sell the club once the sports city around Metropolitano is finished. That should be in 2025, 2026. And with that in mind, they aren't interested in improving they they're interested in keeping the, their position as the third club in spain which allows them to play champions league every season and to receive the champions league money and then if anything invest resources in reducing the debt and building this sports city that will increase the value of the club for when they sell in a couple of years so that's the objective of the ownership right now not to win trophies so I think that as fans, we have to be conscious about that and not see if we don't win something. Obviously, we all want to win trophies, me, myself as well. But I think that we have to be conscious about in which moment the club is at. And if things don't go as we want, not just put all the responsibility on Simeone, like most did last season when things weren't going well. But also to understand that 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 this is a situation that the board has cho has chosen. So if anything, if the situation is repeated, it's something that the board has considered as possible and they accept it as a possibility. So it's their responsibility more than anyone's. And that's the thing. Then we have to hope that in 2026, when they sell the club. Whoever comes is more ambitious and invests in the squad to be competitive because I think no one expects uh, to win the league every season because that would be completely unrealistic considering we have two powerhouses like Barça and Real Madrid in the same league. But I think that what we all expect is to have the at least ambition to aspire to fight for trophies. And in order to do that, you have to improve the squad compared to how it is now because we have seen within the past two seasons that with this squad, it isn't enough to compete for trophies. So unless something uh, like a miracle happens that certain players perform at their maximum of, the, their, possibility, uh, of their possibilities, like, for example, Hermoso, this, the Hermoso and Llorente this season, we won the league. 
uh, what should happen is that we don't win a single trophy this season either, or at most Copa del Rey if we are uh, lucky with the draws. But more than that, it's very difficult and we have to be prepared for that. I hope that we can win the league, that we are right far in the Champions League and everything as everyone else does. But I think it's not realistic to think that that's likely because the, the club itself isn't looking for that as a plan. They aren't planning for that. They are planning to be in the top three to arrive to a round of 16 of the Champions League, not more. Well, um, Emil, like you mentioned, the issue is actually with the owners and like you gave your opinion, it's, it might be the fact that they think with the competition of the sports city around the Metropolitano, which has been given a deadline, which is 2026, they will no longer be owners as they wish to sell the club. Maybe that's the reason why they don't want to put a lot of funds in the club. So, like you said, maybe at the moment it's just to hope for the best. And we hope um, players can perform above there are no more expectations for us to maybe have a very challenging season because since 2016, we can say that it has been a downhill in terms of squad quality for Atletico. And it's like at this rate, we arrive at 2026, we may have squad quality of, let's say, second tier clubs in La Liga, which is not really ideal, but achieving the goals of the owners will be ideal with such a squad, which is top three or top four, and then um, Champions League round of 16 and maybe go as far as we can in the Copa de Rio, which doesn't say much, but for a club like Leti, which has grown, but like you said, its ambition depends on the owner, and the owners at the moment don't seem to want to invest a lot of it, which is, I don't want to say understandable, but as a fan, kind of frustrating, but let's see how things go from here. And like you rightly mentioned, um, there has been a kind of um, like the wage bill has kind of dropped with departures in the last two years of you have Carrasco, Felix who were earning double figures yearly. You also have Suarez and you also have Lima who took a pay cut, same for Morata. And you have guys like Colombia and Felipe who also left who were close to double figures in terms of salary. So um, the wage bill now is has been really, really reduced which should be great news for Aleti, given that they can actually improve the squad in January or in the summer. So, Amy, do you think they can actually improve the squad in January or in the summer, given that the wage bill is quite low now and Giro will not have an excuse to use like he has always been using? Well, if I have to... Uh, if I have to take a, a conclusion based on what uh, Hill's management has been throughout his time at Aleti, I would say that it ain't likely to get improved because as long as they reach the objective that is to make it top four, uh, hopefully make it to the round of 16, the Champions League, as long as they reach that, they won't have an interest in improving much. And I don't think, as I told you, that the problem was ever the wage bill because as I told you, the wage bill in the 21-22 season was in 65%, which is a total totally normal figure to have a 65% of the total of the revenue invested into the into the salary. That's around what UEFA recommends. And it's around what most top clubs in the world end, and if not more, because there are a lot of cases in which clubs even spend more. 
but I don't think that they, there is an interest in improving the squad. If there was an interest in improving the squad, they, they would have already tried to do it this summer, and they didn't. The, the interest is clear to cut debts, to invest in a, a sports city that will increase the club valuation, and to make the most out of a sale with a club free or almost free of debts and with a sports city in 2026 and then they will make the most money out of it as long as uh, things continue as he expects that are to make it to the champions league every season i don't think he has any interest in investing in improving the squad and if you don't invest in improving the squad it's impossible or almost impossible to improve the squad because Atleti is running also out of assets to sell like we have an aging squad I would say the, mo the best players of the squad in most cases are 30 or over, like you see the case of Griezmann, the case of Koke, the case of Oblak. Kimen is also getting close to that age, uh, and so on. So Aleti has always been a club that sells in order to buy and try to improve, or at least uh, stay as we are. And each year you have less to sell, and an aging squad that isn't being reinforced. So logic tells that there isn't much of a reason to think that next season we will have a better squad than this one. We will, we will have a squad that is one year older than now. And for players uh, like Koke, uh, Griezmann, uh, and the rest that are over 30, it isn't something to be positive about because Logic says that the older they get, the less likely they are to perform. And then we will have to hope that uh, Rorro, Lino, Barrios, Molina, eh, Samu Morodion, eh, Mourinho, and the academy kids develop in order to, to have a better squad. Because if not, it's going to be impossible. With the transfers, it's clear that they aren't going to try to to do much more than to keep the level. Um, in me, um, to be honest, as an Aleti fan, listening to what you have said, there's not a lot of optimism of how things will go for for Aleti in the future. But as Aleti fans, we always hope for the best. So one never knows. Ben Wigil, you always know what is going to happen because he's never short of excuses on why he has not improved the squad or why the squad is not getting better. Hopefully things change for the better and we can see actually an improvement in the squad because I think Aletia, let me not say lucky, but the second tier clubs are kind of closing the gap, but the gap is still there, which implies that Gil can still, maybe the squad keep on getting weaker and then a top four is guaranteed. But at a certain point, if he doesn't kind of improve the squad, like you said, then I just believe, uh, depending on how the season would look like, maybe Villarreal and Laria, can instead strengthen their hold, but we know Spanish clubs are selling like, like you talk about the fact that it's getting weaker, Villarreal getting weaker, and you have Lariad losing David Silva. I think they are the only driver for the top four who can actually challenge something this season because they have kind of made improvement in their weakest area, which was the football position. But then again, they are still far off Aliti. So let's see how um, things go because that's a lot of negative news for Aliti fans to take in, but that's the reality of things, how things, how, how things go at Aliti. Yeah, Aliti has a lot of loan deals this summer and 
And I think the best loan deal, which I think a lot of Anity fans are happy about, is the one of Felix given he kind of has a like his salary is kind of big and him taking a pay cut and moving on to Barcelona is kind of great. And then you have Moleo, you have Alexis um, agreement with Zaragoza, and this time around you have three players who have gone on to Zaragoza: Victor Moleo, Germain Valera, sorry, and um, Santiago Moreno. But Santiago Moreno is here to play a game this season, and we hope he can end his spot because the centre backs actually there in Zaragoza have been good, and they are the only team I think in, with along with Real Madrid in Spain first and second division with a hundred percent record. You have Carlos Martin at City Menendez, which Menendez has been a good place to learn a little players of recent. Hopefully, he continues with the fine form he has shown at the start of the season. You have um, Giuliano and uh, Samu Omorodion, who have been loaned to uh, Laves. And as for Giuliano, we wish him a speedy recovery, a nasty injury he had in prison against Burgos. And then uh, I think um, the other one is um, Borja Garcia at Elche. And then you have Xavi Serrano at Stamgrass. So, um, Amy, um, Aliti has kind of loaned out a lot of players this season. And as I always do, what do you ask, what, um, what are the players? Oh, sorry, who are the players? Um, Aliti fans should keep an eye on these players who have gone out, apart from Felix, because I think the prayer now for Aliti fans of Felix is he performs very well at Barca. His value kind of skyrocket because Barca don't have a buy option, and then um, his value can go up, and then Aliti can kind of have at least something from his sale. Which can maybe be used to f- to finance the improvement of the squad, hopefully. So, who are some of the players who do you think Aliti fans should be keeping an eye on who have gone out on loan? Well, of the players that went out on loan, I think that the most interesting ones are Juliano. But obviously, we will have to see how he recovers from injury. It wasn't an easy injury. It can even be an injury that makes his career go worse than expected. Then Samuel Moradion, in my opinion, is a very interesting striker. I would say that of the under-19 players of Spain, he's the nine I like the most. He's a very fast player. He plays well with his body. He's a good finisher. Uh, he can pivot. I think he reminds me a bit to the to the best version of Diego Costa we have we have seen at the club. So hopefully he can develop and become an important player for the club in the future and in the present to soon uh, take the place of Kike Garcia's Alaves starting nine. Then of the players loaned in segunda, I think the most interesting one is Carlos Martin. Last season he was crucial for for the B-team promotion. He was the top scorer in the Segunda RFF. Uh, and this season, uh, he has started well in second division, playing in a position that, in my opinion, is the one he might perform at uh, at a top level. Because I never saw him like a player that playing on the wing, as he did in most of his years at the academy, would get to the top level because he's in such a great dribbler. He's in fast, uh, and I think that his main qualities are that he's a good finisher, that he knows very well how to move out of the ball, to uh, make the runs to receive the proper pass. He's a good finisher. He has a good vision. So I think that behind the nine is where he will likely be able to reach first division. And 
at Mirandes as of now, he's playing there and he has already scored three goals. He's one of the top goal scorers of the second division. So I think that we have to keep on looking to him. Then I had high expectations on Santiago Mourinho, but I think that the loan, the loan choice wasn't the best one because, as you said, Zaragoza, defend, Zaragoza centre-backs are quite great. They are performing well. They are very established, but well, we know that uh, our owner, Gil Marín, uh, has interests in Zaragoza as his business partners with Zaragoza owners. So maybe the decision isn't so related to Mourinho's football development, but more to favors to business partners. So sadly, that's a situation that happens a lot in football and hopefully Mourinho can overturn that situation, but I am not happy with the loan choice they made with him because he's a player that is supposed to have a place in the Athletic squad in the future and he is, as of now, losing the possibility of getting minutes in Europe to develop his game. And then I think that the ones I mentioned are the most interesting ones. Then I think that Mollejo, Arces, um, Valera, Javi Serrano, those kind of players, I don't think that will have a future in Aleti first team because years have passed and they haven't broke out as what they were expected to be, even though they are still young. I think most of them will have a future in first division, but don't think it will be playing for Aleti. Well, um, Emi, Thanks, thank you for your insights. And like you have spoken about the ones we should really be keeping an eye on, Carlos Martin, like you rightly said, three goals in for Mirandes in the segunda. And like you talk about Samuel Morodion, which reminds you of Costa, he has a lot of attributes, which I myself, I kind of like because despite his age, he's very good at using his body, not just to pivot, like you mentioned, but to create space for a chance for himself or create chance for others, which is very interesting. And like you talked about another, let's say negative aspect we you have just mentioned about the gills. Reina reality, players' development has not really been the thing of a priority. Like you said, it's not just a little bit at many other clubs, but I think the loan system reality has been trashed for a while. And just when it seems to be getting right, you just have that coming to play. And it's not just Santiago Moreno who is suffering an effect. We have players who have also suffered an effect in previous seasons. So hopefully things kind of change for Aleti for the good and we kind of actually have a sporting project because at the moment, like we have mentioned in the past, it's kind of a short circuit something. We do this, we restart, we do this, we restart, which is not kind of healthy for a club with ambitious. So um Amy, you have been watching the B team and you talked about Carlos Martin being very helpful for the B team's promotion and they have a game um, this weekend. So Amy, um, what's your opinion on the start of the season and for the B team and also on the, uh, Devena, um, I want to also ask, what's your opinion on the B team buying a lot of players and not using some of the players in the lower category? Well, uh, my opinion on the start of the season, I would say that it has been positive. Uh, they have just got promoted to a division that is very challenging. Like I would say, the gap between uh, Segunda RFF and Primera RFF is bigger than the gap between Primera RFF and Second Division or Second Division with First Division. I would say that the jump they have just made is the biggest 
a jump in the Spanish football system because they you go from playing with semi-professional or amateur players to playing with clubs with big strikers like it can be the case for example of Malaga which they play against last weekend and they were very close to getting a positive result as it would have been to get a draw at La Rosaleda and then about having both players I think that having watched uh, the Fernando Torres team last season I don't think there were many players in lower categories ready to make the jump to the to the B team in a new uh, division as this one is. We have to think that this division is already professional football and that the best players of Torres team have made a jump to the B team like it has been with uh, Nino, with El Llevari, with Abde those players that were the best, well, with Boñar that mixed between the B team and Torres team last season, the best players of the of the academy that have been raised uh, through uh, the different teams are already in the B team. And then you will obviously need to, to bring players from outside in order to be competitive and stay in the division that is crucial for Atleti in order to be have the team in that division, and I think that to have the team in that division gives you the option to uh, have players competing at a level at which, when they get promoted to the first team, they will feel it less than before when they were playing in lower divisions, so in which the level between first division and those is absolutely ridiculous, and to adapt to that is very difficult. I think that. For the club, it is important to stay in this, in this division with the B team in order to be able to develop better the players in a competitive context that will help them to reach the first team in a better position. And I think what we can expect of the to try to stay up because it's going to be challenging and it's going to be difficult. If afterwards we are capable of making it to the promotion playoffs, it would be incredible. But of now, I think that what has been the objective, the the staff of the, the team is to stay up in the Um Well, Emil, like you are rightly said, um, the aim this season is to stay up. And like you said, the team has made a jump from actually um, lower level to another. It does basically the third division, from the fourth division to the third division in Spain. And the gap is really, really big because now they are like in a professional level. And like you said, they'll be facing Tougher teams, like, for example, you have teams like Pisa, Malaga, which they lost 2-1 against, teams who are, who are coming from um, um, the Segunda, which the Segunda is not also, is very competitive, and maintaining will be very, very key, and Aleti having three points from two games after making that jump is quite incredible, because I asked the question about buying so many players, because so many fans, so those who actually follow are kind of worried, and they are like, we have players and now, we just clarified majority of their doubts, which is kind of great because they are complaining about the fact that the B team is buying players and one of the things that really angered them was the fact that, um, I think, uh, I think the right back... Uh, the right back that just left, yes, you mean? Yeah, I think. So, uh, they were not really happy, happy with that. And the... Yeah, he left on loan. He left on loan, but to be honest, Last season, he had already lost his place to Bonyar, 
and he wasn't performing so well in a lower category. So to think that he was going to perform better in this category and that he was going to play ahead of Bonyar, that is a player with more potential, I think that wasn't the best of ideas. I think that to loan him was the best for the player and the best for the club because if the if Sergio Diaz wasn't gonna play uh, at the B team, it's nonsense to keep him there. When Bonyar is the play one of the players with more potential in the academy, so he is he is in at the present performing better and has more potential for the future as well. So I think that it's the right decision that Bonyar plays and Sergio Diaz gets loaned because if not, he isn't gonna play and his project projection is going to get even worse. Well, um, Amy, it's been nice chatting with you because um, we all are looking forward to um, Alexis B games at home this weekend, that Sunday at 11 GMT against AD Quetta FC and hopefully they can keep on racking the points at home because to survive in such a tough league we require that um, the team actually uh, wins their home games. I think, and also um, some of the negatives that comes with the B team is just with the fact that a lot of um, Aleti fans are kind of comparing with um, Real Madrid B and Real Madrid Castilla and also Barca B because they think that Aleti are that level but we all know that apart Madrid and Barca basically have the best academies in um, in Spain, and apart from that, you guys are. I think after that, you have the northern teams, which is the La Real Sociedad, La Real, and Athletic Club, and also Osasuna or recent. So, I think we are not yet at the level in terms of talent pool, despite the fact that the club is at the best when it comes to the talent in which it possesses at the moment. But we are not yet at the level of uh, Barca B and uh, and uh, and um, Real Madrid Castilla. But I think we can get there with better management. But that's question mark, and let's see how things go on from here and also um just a quick update um the spanish um under 21 team i think they just um yeah they play against Marta at the time of recording and they are they are leading four goals to zero and it's great to see barrios um, playing as a holding midfielder so um Amit, it's been fantastic having you here and we hope to have you more often because you are kind of insightful at you know about and about football as well well, thank you very much to having having me here one more time. Uh, I'm looking forward to being here in the future, hopefully with Aleti performing well and fighting for trophies. That is what we all want. So thank you once again to, for having me here and hope everyone will like uh, this episode. Well, um, Amy, like I just said, it's always good having you here. And like you said, Hopefully, Athletic performs better or well than it did last season because last season we were, I was inviting you and we were like giving negative points, but this season so far, those we probably talking about the transfers, but at least the start of the season has not been bad. So, Amy, you are not just going to go like that. Um, I think I have a question for you, and I think someone is one you don't want to answer. What's your position for Athletic in all competition this season? That's in La Liga, the Champions League, and the Copa de Rey. Your position? Mm, I would say in the league. We will finish third in the Champions League. Uh, I think that I will say quarterfinals. And in Copa del Rey, I will be optimistic and I will say we will win it. Wow. Well, that's wow. Bold position and a little win the Copa del Rey kind of bring back memories of 
2013 Copa de Rey win in the Bernabeu, and hopefully we can actually do that. And um, Amy, sorry, I, what about the Super Cup? I will say we, well, I will be optimistic too, and I will say we will win it as well. Oh, I let it bag the two trophies. I will take that. It's not every day you get to win two trophies in Spain, given that you have two guys like Real and Barcelona, and they kind of eat everything. And Amy, thank you for answering that question because it's not easy, and I will be holding you to that each time you come <laughs> on the show. So, I let I you hope come. I hope I am right with the last two, at least. <laughs> with the other two, if we can do better, I will be happy. With, but with the other two, if we can win those two, those two trophies, I will be happy. So, Amy, if Morata scores 18 goals, we win the league? If Morata scores 18 goals, and I think a little, a little bit more. If Morata scores 20 goals in the league, we win it. <laughs> okay, okay, hold you to that, hold you to that. Hopefully, Morata listens to this and takes it as a challenge to give Aliti a club he calls his boyhood club the league title. So, fans, we have come to the end of this show and thanks for listening and thank you for your support. Also. So, guys, remember, Nunca de Hadi, we never stop. See you next time.